raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Tuesday, June 27th. It's five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there as well at Casey Daniels 317. And we're both on YouTube right now. Just type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Okay, so what would you do to be completely debt free a lot of americans are living in the red according to a new study the average american has fifty four thousand dollars worth of debt so this is a staggering amount and i you know for many people it is uh obviously a you know a college loan of of some sort i mean there's a variety of ways people uh you know accrue debt and again i guess you got to parse through this a little bit is like does your does your house count as debt in this? I don't I don't know if it does according to the mortgage. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah, see then I call bull crap on this because your house is should be. I mean, we're told by the state how the, the we should just smile at the rising property taxes because our homes are worth more. Well, if that's the case, mm-hmm. then you, you, you know that's not debt because it's backed up by some form of collateral. Now, your student loan would be debt, but things like a car loan or a house should be backed up by some form of collateral, although you are obligated to make the payments. Yeah. Well, this one is saying that people's biggest debt is their credit card, 57%, followed by mortgage and then car loan. And medical debt is another high one. And they say that 56% say they owe more for necessities rather than just nice-to-haves or things they want. These are actually things that they need to live. Yeah, and I come back to – I come back to blaming the public education system in terms of refusing to make financial literacy a requirement in order to get a high school diploma. Absolutely. You you have people, I mean, I you know, I've taken a few weeks off, you know, as we prepare for the baby to be born, but working at that golf course and we talked about the encounters, you know, I have a lot of high school kids who work under me is not the right word, but but I'm kind of in charge of them. And these conversations that I have with them, they're very bright kids. They clearly have very, you know, high IQs. They'll they'll get college degrees, but just no sense whatsoever of financial understanding their paycheck, taxes, any of it. And for many of them, the conversations they have with me are the first ones they've ever had about it. Right. It's somebody, amazing. Somebody's got to explain to it. Something about this poll that I completely, I I, I don't know. Okay. So the, they're saying that Americans, uh, the average American has $54,000 in debt. And the survey said that Americans would give up certain things to get out of that debt. And the things that they say Americans would give up I I actually want. They say 32% would give up social media for a year. Yeah. 31% would spend a night on a remote island. Uh-huh. And 29% would go a month without internet. Okay, first of all, a night on a remote island. Yes, please. Can I leave today? <laughs> Where are we going? I don't even need to pack a bag. I'll just take a, a bathing suit and a toothbrush. Well, isn't it also interesting, too, where it's like an either or thing? You don't have to give up anything. I mean, you may have to give up some lifestyle choices in terms of your spending, but it's a lack of self-control. 
so much of what we talk about in the public sphere is a lack of self-control. And that is what financial discipline. Now, there are some things that are not that, like a medical debt. If you were to incur, you know, a, a medical debt, that is, you know, nobody's fault. But by and large, people who are in financial peril have put themselves have, have put themselves there. And I know many, many people who when they put their mind to it and they put guardrails around themselves were able to, in a very short period of time, get themselves out of tough financial situations because they were, it's just like diet or exercise or anything else. If you are absolutely willing to do it, you can absolutely do it. Okay, well, other people are saying, no, it's not their fault because of the rising cost of living and rising interest rates. That's nothing that they had control over. The federal spending of the government, they didn't decide that. So... I don't know. I mean, I I think, yes, you can put up guardrails and you can say, I'm doing the best I can. But when wages aren't increasing to keep up with inflation, there's only so much you can do. Casey, let's but if you're incurring and again, they're including home debt in this. So, again, I don't know exactly the formula, but most people, if you included their home, would have way over fifty four thousand dollars of debt. So I don't know. I don't know the exact formula on this. But if you are a person who has, you know, what you would call a staggering or crippling amount of debt. One of the, when I worked, when I had the great displeasure of spending, uh, I don't know, whatever it was, eight or nine months in the state auditor's office. Do you know I work for three state auditors? Mm -hmm. We'll get to that in story hour at some point. (laughs) We'll crescendo up to that. Um, One of the things I did while I was there in between auditors was um, I worked down in garnishments. And you would, you know, for those who don't know what garnishments are, is uh, if you if you worked for the state and you owed somebody money and there was a judgment or whatever against you, the state was responsible for taking that money out of your check, ensuring it went where it needed to go. And you would see, and I worked just very briefly down there. It wasn't some long period of time, but I would see people's financial issues. And I can't tell you, Casey, how many of them were related to student loan debt and getting degrees and spending money because you would see you know how much did they owe what you know what did they owe it for and it was how many people that owed money that they would never be able to get out from and there's no way it wasn't like well i went and got a four-year degree there's no way that it was just that there were other things associated with it and it comes back to just what a complete ripoff especially at the college level, the public education system has become where people are getting degrees and they're making, you know, the degrees aren't producing the, the relevant results. amount of money to be able to pay, even pay back your education. Yeah. Well, Biden's top economic advisor, her name is Anita Dunn. She says the American people have seen huge economic successes and <laughs> we're just now starting to feel them. No, the American people have seen the huge successes. They're just starting to feel them, but they really need to understand why. Why is it that Joe Biden feels so strongly about transforming this economy so it works for the middle class? 16% of Americans say they're better off. Only 16% say they're better off financially since Biden has taken office. You know, seventy four percent still saying that the country's on the wrong track. I, I feel bad for young people because if you think about the people who are now in their mid twenties, 
basically as an adult, if you are 25 years and younger, you have never known a stable American economy Mm. as an adult. I mean, you think about when COVID hit, so that would, you know, one, two, three, four, you're basically four years on or younger. You're in college, you know, for many people, they're a lead up. So as an adult with earning power and earning potential, you have never actually known a stable, reliable American economy. And those are just years. I mean, we're in a window now where it is a big portions of people's lives where they've never known that it is all entirely the fault of the government. Well, this economic advisor goes on to answer the question about his low approval ratings. And if people are doing so much (laughs) better financially, why does he have these horrible underwater in the can below 40 percent approval ratings? And this was her answer. Some would ask why it isn't translating into more support for Joe Biden. What you're seeing right now, Mika, is people are just starting to really feel the effects of these programs that got put in place the first two years of Joe Biden's presidency. He had a truly historic rate of success when it comes to major economic programs that are building the foundation and the infrastructure for America to lead the world, not just in innovation, but in manufacturing, in the number of jobs we've created, in exports again. People are starting to feel that now. So throwing money at things <laughs> without seeing results is not success. It, it's really good, Casey. You just don't know it's really good. Yeah, you it, haven't had time to feel the effects of my goodness yet. It's ramping up still. All right, let's talk about what's going on at Fox News. They announced their new lineup. So it's going to be uh, Laura Ingram at 7, followed by Jesse Waters, and then Sean Hannity, and then Greg Gutfeld is moving out of the late night arena, and he'll be on at 10 p.m. Is this a big deal? You have worked in media for a long time, mm-hmm. and you have worked at successful media ventures, and you have worked at not-so-successful media ventures. Mostly successful, but thank you. Uh, well, look, I mean, it's, I'm not saying that about you. I'm saying that it, any one of us, right? Yeah. I mean, you you do, you do you be in this industry. Great grammar there, Rob. You be in this industry. <laughs> if you're in this industry uh-huh. long enough, you will— There's going to be a stinker it, every it, now and then. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and sometimes sure. it's you, and sometimes the you know it's the guy next to you. Point is, any successful operation, and it's true about television shows. It's they you know they call it jumping the shark, right? Mm-hmm. There is a moment in time where you say, it doesn't matter what you do. This will not be what it once was from this moment forward. And I feel that way about Fox News Mm. with Tucker. Like there was this long window, almost 30 years. I mean, you think Fox News came to prominence in the mid to late 90s and you had Bill O'Reilly and then Hannity came, I believe, shortly after him or maybe it was vice versa. And you had this sort of anchor that everything centered around. And then you had Glenn Beck rise to stardom on on Fox. And then even when O'Reilly left, Tucker came in and Tucker was kind of this guy known for the bow tie at CNN who exploded to prominence. And now when you look at where we are in terms of viewing habits in society and how people no longer need cable television anymore to consume certainly political content and Tucker's out and Hannity is just kind of the same tired thing. And yeah, Gutfeld is uber funny and creative, but some guy being on at 10 o'clock probably isn't going to lift the ship. Laura Ingram been there, done that. It feels like 
that era of Fox dominance is over. Is over. Yeah, it's time for a change. I think Jesse Waters is really smart. I enjoy watching him, but I get it all on YouTube. It's when I want to watch it, when I'm ready to consume it, not when they're feeding it to me. It's one of the really amazing things about WIBC. And one of the great pleasures and privileges of working here is the history of the station. And it really is a credit to our boss, David Wood, because David Wood put all of the current lineup in that you have today. And in many cases, it was, look, Tony came in with all sorts of talk radio experience. He was, yes, he was from another state, but he had all sorts of talk radio experience. You look at Hammer and Nigel. It was two guys who did a bar cast who Nigel was most known for X and Hammer, probably ZPL. And they hit it out of the park. Mm -hmm. You look at what is here now. I was a guy who had been out of radio for a long, a long time. Yes, I'd been an elected person, but hadn't done consistent talk radio in a long time. That's worked out very well. You'd never done, as far as I know, talk radio before. Politics, no. I mean, I come from 30 years of broadcasting, but not the political world. Same thing, with, you know, Mock and Daisy before that. And, and obviously, they're they're no longer here with it. That's a terrible way to say it. Mock and Daisy are still physically with us. They're just not on this radio station anymore. So the point of all this, though, is WIBC during that period and in the past seven years had kind of hit a lull. Like, if you go back and look at the old ratings pre-2017, WIBC had kind of gone, I mean, it wasn't a rapid drop off, but it was a decline of, look, we kind of had the same people on doing the same stuff for a long period of time. And yes, some of those people were beloved, but maybe the act had worn out some people or whatever. And WIBC had that reemergence, which we have seen for the past really, you know, six or seven years, kind of back to the heyday of WIBC in terms of its importance, its prominence in the community, its influence in the community. So you can get it back, but man, it just doesn't seem like you don't Fo- think Fox has it, just it in them? It doesn't seem like they have the guy to do it, right? There's not like the guy, like Tucker was the guy, O'Reilly mm-hmm. was the guy. It just doesn't seem and like... And Jesse Waters going to be yeah, the guy? It just doesn't seem like he has it like they did. Former Bill O'Reilly guy um, who rose up in the network. Right. And yeah, sometimes you do have to rebrand just for the sake of rebranding, reintroduction. And is this a reintroduction? No, this is just more of a shuffling of the lineup. Yeah. It's 19 after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I mess around. They're doing the mess around. Go get them happy pulling for the you. That's what Adam Sandler said to Happy Gilmore. You heard about this, right? Landon Gilmore, that's his real name. He's a 17-year-old from uh, Indiana. 
who has committed to Ball State University. He goes by the nickname Happy Gilmore. He's going to play golf there at uh, Ball State. He went to Bloomington South High School, and Adam Sandler decided to send him a little message, said, go get him happy polling for you. Uh, kudos to Kev entering the segment here with the mess around by Ray Charles. Mm-hmm. Background to one of the great scenes in music history, John Candy and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um so this guy's name is not actually Happy Gilmore. It's his nickname. Yes, his, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's if just... You, if your last name is Gilmore and you play golf, wouldn't yeah. you go by Happy as yeah. well? Yeah, and kudos to this kid. He is well known if you follow local high school golf, which is growing more popular by uh, the year. He's a well-known entity because of his name. Decent golfer as well, and mm-hmm. so good on him. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, a pink concert took a bit of an unexpected turn this fan launched a bag full of their mom's ashes Mm -hmm. on the stage mid-song you ever seen anything crazy happen during a concert like anything get chucked on stage or anything Oh, yeah. And I've actually had something chucked at me. Oh, go ahead. Go, I, please tell. While I was doing an introduction yes, of go the for band. It. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's I just had, us. Nobody else is here. What I, happened? I had to stop. You wouldn't believe this. It was so low rent. It was like in a parking lot of a grocery store, and it was Evan and Jaron. Do you remember that? They Who? were Exactly. Truly, Madly, Deeply was their big song. Wait, wait, wait. wait. And What's the, her name? Evan, Evan and Jaron? And, and Jaron. So there are two brothers. They had like one song and they were they were like named by People Magazine as beautiful people of the year or whatever. I've never heard of these people. Yeah, well, they, they came to uh, clearly. 2000? Yeah, clearly they were doing a show in a grocery store parking lot. Have <laughs> you ever played in a grocery store parking lot at the Uno Gold? I have not, but I'd love to check that off my bucket list. Well, you know, I was welcoming them on stage yes. and people were flicking dimes up on the stage and I was like nine months pregnant. Oh, no. Yeah. And walked up on stage and did the whole mom thing. We're going to shut this down if you don't cut it out. How does an intro go for Evan and Jaron? Like, what, what's that sound like? It's just like... I mean, are there 10 people there? It was actually really crowded. They had quite a few people there. Yes. Probably women, younger women. Yes, it was It was a fundraiser. event. I'm looking at Evan and Jaron right now, and I, I could see where they certainly circa... Oh, no, there's one of them next to Kevin Spacey at an event. Uh, well, oh, okay. no. Not a great look. <laughs> so, yeah, people people were throwing stuff on stage. But in this pink concert, yeah. somebody threw a bag of their mom's ashes. Oh, that's no good. Now, you know, uh, somebody please pray for me because, God willing, I hope to go to heaven when it's over for yes. me. I hope my soul goes there. I think you got a clear path right now, Casey. If I were cremated... A pink concert? Yeah. As your last wish? Seems a little let down, doesn't it, right? Yeah, like when I go, hey, chuck my ashes up on a stage. Here is a question. singing. Yes, Kev. No, I was just going to say, it did kind of seem like they were phoning it in with that. Right, because it's not like your ashes will forever be on the stage with pink or pink will be consuming your ashes. (laughs) You dropped something. Let me help you clean this up. You're just going to be swept into a garbage can. Mm -hmm. Now, my question, and I, I apologize, and maybe someone who is familiar with cremation can tell me this. I'd always heard one of the concerns about cremation is the ashes that are in the urn may not actually be the all the ashes of the oh. person that you 
and I don't know. I'm not. I'm not asking to be morbid or anything. I yeah. just wondered if that is an actual thing. And you know, Casey, we have a small audience, so I mm-hmm. thought maybe somebody <laughs> might have some familiarity with this. Could somebody let me know if that's a, in this an actual before. thing. Yes. I. I don't know. I hope not. I would think that uh, in the crematorium, they're they're keeping full track of your loved ones. Oh. I would hope so. Let's talk about what's going on with this state rep, uh, Randy Fry. He's set to retire from the Indiana General Assembly midterm. He is citing multiple health issues. Yeah, okay. So why don't we do this? Because I need a moment to get into this. We talked with Micah a little bit about this topic, and this is a reoccurring thing by which the party, the party apparatus of the Indiana Republican Party appears to have figured out a way to, I mean, this is happening so consistently now, where they are bypassing the voter's ability or they are at least rigging the game in favor of their desired person and making it very difficult if not impossible to ever not get chosen establishment figures out of public office and so there i think there's something bigger than just randy fry's resignation Mm -hmm. at play here uh so why don't we take a break and we will get into this when we come back all right it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc <laughs> There's the guys that got booed off stage. Is this Evan and Jaren? Jared, yeah. Evan and Jaren. I think it's Jaren. You don't even know who they are. No, well. <laughs> do you introduce these people on stage? Well, I didn't introduce them on stage. Yeah. It's Evan and Gerard. Just Gerard, now we're just changing their name. It's 11:33. It's J A R O N. That's Jaren, right? Are you sure? No, it's Jaren. Evan and Jason. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It's Evan and Jaren. <laughs> that's and that's what I said. I said Evan and Jaren. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah. Yes. So there we go. Okay. I know who I was if talking about. If you missed about. last segment, Casey was trying to remember these two good-looking guys that she introduced in 2000, and mm-hmm. the audience was throwing dimes at them on stage. <laughs> they and- were, so I had to stop the show and say, cut it out. <laughs> and you know what? A nine-month pregnant woman gets on stage and yeah. says, stop. You know what you do? You got to do it. You stop. You got to stop. <laughs> yeah, You got to exactly. use mom voice. Yeah, absolutely. And I did. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this uh, state rep, Randy Fry. He's retiring from the Indiana General Assembly. He's citing multiple health issues. He's 67 years old, represents the southeastern part of the state, and he's been there since, what, 2010? Yeah, he's been in public office since one of those people that's been there since the earth was young. And I guess after many years of minimal contributions, he's decided to give it up. Um, Now, look, this is a reoccurring problem in the state of Indiana, and it is something people need to be very aware of because this is how the establishment is rigging the game against conservatives. Another example, we've, you know, we've talked about the one example for statewide public office where you, if you're running for state Senate or governor, you have to be able to get 500 signatures in all nine counties. That may sound easy. I've done it. It's not. It's a $100,000, $200,000 venture because you have to pay people who know what they're doing to be able to do it. They do that so regular people, so conservatives, can't run. This is another way that they are rigging the game. Go back to 20, what would that have been, 2020, when Connie Lawson conveniently, though by all accounts in perfectly fine health, quits in the middle of her term and cites unspecified health concerns And, well, what do you know? All of a sudden, Eric Holcomb gets to pick the next secretary of state ahead of a convention, Holly Sullivan. Now, 
Fortunately, Holly Sullivan was so wholly unlikable and she was attached to Holcomb that the delegates resoundingly extended their middle finger in her direction. Now, they made an egregious mistake and picked Diego Morales as the fallback instead of the highly qualified guy, David Shelton. But that didn't that didn't work. But that was what they were attempting to do. And we are seeing this now more and more where the state reps or senators or in the case of Connie Lawson, a statewide office holder, are just conveniently quitting in the middle of their term. And what happens then in the case of Randy Fry is these party insiders, they're called precinct committee men, then get to make the choice on who the replacement is to finish the term. So whoever they pick for, now Randy Fry is Southeastern Indiana, whoever they pick will then become the state rep and have an entire year ahead of a Republican primary next mm-hmm. year. To get their name out there. Right. Power of incumbency. Mm-hmm. They're able to, you know, legalize vote buying. Uh, you know, they're they're able to, um, you know, give out the goodies. They're able to fundraise. They're able mm-hmm. to connect inside the state house. And so if you're a person that's going to be challenging them, rather if Randy Fry just said, look, this will be my last term. I'm retiring at the end of next year. Now we know we have an open primary. Everybody runs on an even playing field. The state party... The state party apparatus is able to get their hand-chosen people and tilt the the fa- the odds in the favor of the person that they want. And this is happening all the time now. Look, if somebody dies, get it. Understand it. Well, that's I but, was going to say. That's what happened. That. That's what happened with Jackie Walorski, right? Uh, she passed away, and then the caucus got together, and they eventually ended up selecting Rudy Yacob. Well, now when Rudy Yacom has to run for re-election, he's already got an advantage against anybody who wanted to run for that seat. Right. And if somebody, again, as tragically Jackie Walorski dies mm-hmm. in an automobile accident, she certainly didn't have any intention of giving up her seat. She Correct. was, you know, not resigning. But we are seeing more and more of these people for undisclosed health reasons. Well, I'm out of here. Well, look, and I get that medical issues are private by nature. But if you have entered the public arena, I think the public has some right to know what the health issues are. Because all we get with this, and it was the same thing with Connie Lawson, it's just a super vague thing. And it seems like more and more there's some sort of wink and nod amongst these establishment swamp creatures, of which Randy Fry certainly is one, mm-hmm. um, that we're gonna, I'm going to do you guys a solid on my way out the door and uh, that is total it's totally it's obvious in many cases it's being done for that purpose and that's a total abuse of the intent of this the you know the caucus the caucus provision so the house speaker todd houston he said that uh randy spent his career as a strong advocate for hoosiers and that he wishes him well in retirement so he's getting a, a nice send-off well he's one no, of them randy no fry, randy there. fry was through his entire career in the legislature a reliable vote i'm sure they're very sad to see him go because he's a reliable vote for whatever the party bosses um w- w- you know want to do and and um you know, we'll, we'll see what comes of this. We'll see if some more information comes out on Randy Fry's resignation. In the meantime, we'll all just wait and see. Okay, so it turns out that Meghan Markle was not a great audio talent or necessarily any kind of talent. That's coming from a Hollywood talent agency. You remember, was it last week we mentioned how their Spotify podcast is ending? They had this multi-million dollar deal, and I read that that's actually how they secured their multi-million dollar house is because they had this contract with Spotify. They ended up recording only 12 episodes 
episodes for the podcast. They were supposed to do a lot more. And now talent agencies in Hollywood are saying, yeah, turns out, Megan, not so great. Turns out the Sussexes, not so great. People wanted to be around them because they were royal. And now they're not royal. They're really not offering up much. So this is really interesting. Jeremy Zimmer is this guy's name, and he is a mega agent guy um and he he said i thought his quote this was in daily mail he said quote turns out megan markle was not a great audio talent or necessarily any kind of talent and i think the overwhelming percentage of the population looks at him and goes duh (laughs) really When, when, when were we under the impression that she was some mega talent and at the same time in daily mail this guy named dan wooten wrote Mm -hmm. this op-ed which is detailing how apparently Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of celebrities have now including taylor swift basically said we don't want anything to do with them declined to go on the podcast because it turned out without the royal family moniker behind them they're nothing yeah that all they and they were nothing they are people and this is why i do not understand casey and we've had this conversation before i absolutely do not understand why people kiss these people's backsides why people get all ginned up about the royal family because clearly look look at how harry and megan have just dramatically failed when they've had to stand on their own these people are nobodies without that that imaginary thing behind them of the royal family so people are saying that she is hard to work with and he and he is kind of flighty like can never make a decision no way and listen to this he's i i guess they've come up with a lot of ideas of a lot of different projects that they've wanted to work on Uh but they're so impossible to make happen that they just they can't execute it like harry this is completely impractical impossible he brought ideas that he wanted to interview vladimir putin mark zuckerberg Mm -hmm. and donald trump about childhood trauma oh okay so who harry is gonna waltz in and have a sit down with putin and he's gonna have the ability to have Putin open up about all of his childhood trauma and Trump too. Can you imagine that? No way. Are these people going to do that? You know, we used to have a joke when I was younger and we still do to the the extent to this day. My dad will always tell me, this is why I wasn't famous or a great success at anything because I wanted you to know you earned it, whatever you did in life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like we laugh about that, but it's like these people are just proof of everything we say on this show, which is these this family are losers and they're nobodies. And for some reason, people celebrate them and act like they're great and act like they're the best when if they had to stand on their own without all the things they've been given over things they had absolutely Nobody nothing would to do care. with. Absolutely. Nobody would care. Another idea that Harry had was he wanted to have a sit down with Pope Francis and talk about religion. If you're the Pope, <laughs> don't you just say, yeah, it's called Mass. We do it every single Sunday. Come on and join us. Now, look, look and, and again, to say to stretch this out, I know we got to get to a break, but part of why people like you, in many cases, if you are a celebrity of some sort or you're in the media, is what you can offer them, right? I mean, that's that's just part of it. There are very few, most people have very few actual friends. I have you and Kevin, and that's it. I mean, and, and those are even questionable you- sometimes. <laughs> I mean, Kevin blows us off all the time. I mean, what do you? What is the saying? Like, if a, if a man has five friends, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, he's a great success or whatever that saying is. And so, right, like again, 
part of being here is we have a platform. We have influence. By the way, we'll get an update on that little petition that Mm -hmm. we've had people sign to great success because we have influence. And if we left here, I'm not naive to think many people would absolutely not care what I have to say without the platform that we have here. But at least I made it on my own. Mm -hmm. At least it wasn't because of, you know, my my mommy or my daddy or, you know, I worked my ass off and got here and so did you and you did it in a male dominated industry. And, you know, at least we made at least whatever we made, we made it on our own. Well, and that's one of the reasons why Taylor Swift said no thank you, because she worked hard for her career and she doesn't want to be associated with that. My, and and have it ruin everything she's worked for. My favorite part of what we just talked about was the idea that it's news that Harry, the man who married Meghan Markle, who is an insufferable you-know-what, and I would probably jump off the seventh floor of the Emmis building before I would spend seven seconds alone with her. The fact that he married her, it's news that, well, he really has trouble making decisions. <laughs> he really needs someone to make the choices for him. <laughs> well, he found her. She's making all of them and bad ones. 1144 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It seems every now. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 1149. All right, give us an update on your poll. Your, oh, your- yes. Yeah, we've been thing you got going doing on. this all throughout the day today. You know, Casey, um, we had uh, come to my attention that there was a petition started, not by me, but it was mm-hmm. brought to me. And I said, would you mind sharing this? It was a petition. Uh, some A concerned citizen who was very enraged at the way I was treated last Thursday at the Brownsburg Town Council meeting when uh, Lord Travis Deshane, high ruler for the town of Brownsburg, uh, in a fit of rage, ordered the cops to forcibly remove me from the the meeting because I had the audacity to ask how something gets on the agenda. And, you know, I'd sent that letter to the council saying this is a terrible look that you have this unhinged lunatic as our uh, council president who becomes that mad about somebody asking a, a question. And he should you guys should remove him. And somebody started an actual petition mm-hmm. to do that. And so, you know, I'd put it up yesterday, just minding my own business. Thought, oh, this is interesting. And so I've signed it and shared it. And then one of uh, Travis's supporters made a snide comment about how few people were signing it. Not that we were trying to really promote it outside of just throwing it up on the social media. Medias and so said, well, that'll be interesting today since Mr. Uh, cute guy who likes Lord Travis, a high ruler of the town of Brownsburg, let's just see how many people in a couple hours we can get to sign the petition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to remove Lord Travis, high ruler of the town of Brownsburg, for weaponizing the cops against private citizens who ask questions. And boy, it turns out, Casey, we got quite a few um, signatures because, yeah. like as we said, you know, it's not even about me or if Brownsburg. It's about if you're sick of 
politicians lording over you or if you're sick of, uh, you know, being called a domestic terrorist or if you're uh, sick of being kicked out of meetings like our friend Tony Kennett was for minding your own business. If you if you have had enough of these politicians and their behavior, this would be an excellent way to show that. Let's take it out on Travis and go to at Robin Kendall there on Twitter and you can sign that petition. And well, gosh darn it, Casey, about an hour and a half. We, we've got uh, well over 200 signatures, almost 300 in total. I'd like to be past 300 by the end of the show. And again, our goal at the end is going to be a thousand total. But if you could just head over there to at Robin Kendall on Twitter and just tell uh, Lord Travis and all the politicians who are just doing such a terrible job representing you what you think, just click that there. It's pinned right to the top. Sign that petition. If you don't have Twitter, mm-hmm. Kendall and Casey show on, on Facebook. Facebook. It's right there as well. And uh, well, so it's always amazing the response we get from our audience, Casey, because mm-hmm. we're told by so many people, nobody likes likes us, nobody listens, and yet hundreds of people just go out of their way to participate in the things that we we uh, we ask their help on. Do you find that you're motivated by spite? Bah! <laughs> no, here's, no! Here's what I'm motivated by, Casey. I am motivated by holding the mirror up yeah. to people, and <laughs> that is what gets me out of bed in the morning as it relates to politics and government, because I know what these people are. I served around them as an elected official. I served around them as an appointed official. I know what they are. And if every day one person in central Indiana has finally had the epiphany, comes to the conclusion, whatever word we want to use, on who these people are, and they're activated and motivated to do something about it, well, then gosh darn it, Casey. You've done your job. I have been paid mm-hmm. to accomplish my goal. Okay. Let's talk about these speed cameras that are about to uh, become a thing in some work zones. So this is HEA 10115. That's house and roll deck for those of you playing at home. Yeah. Okay. So what? We've got cameras that can ticket people for speeding in construction zones. Okay. So this has me concerned because, look, you should not be speeding in a construction zone. And I always try to uh, obey applicable speed limits and protect our road workers. But it always starts at everything starts as a pilot program. And this is a pilot program. And it's like, well, we're protecting the construction workers. And uh, if you're so so and so over, then it'll catch you. And this is what they do in Chicago. And now it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And this is the footprint to get it everywhere where they're going to be looking for any way possible to drain as much of your money as possible. And this seems like absolutely the first step. Look, if you want to sit a cop there and you catch somebody speeding, by all means, pull them over, write them a ticket, whatever. Fine. Great. But we all know what this is a catalyst to, and they're using, air quote, the construction workers. Mm-hmm. You know, I always talk about human shields in government. They're using the construction workers as the, as the human shields. And again, this is in no way a commentary on our great construction workers. I know many listen. They're wonderful people. Put the police there, pull them over, write them a ticket. But we all know if it's just us girls here in the room talking to each other, why this is starting and what this is all about and where this is going to go. So they say this technology is going to ticket people who are driving 11 miles per hour over the speed limit in an active work zone. There's only going to be four cameras used throughout the state for this pilot program. Yeah, yeah, but that's how they started the pre-K program, right? Sure. It's only going to be a pilot program Mm -hmm. and only seven children will benefit from this. And then, you know, three years later, nine million kids are on the government pre-K program. So they say the first violation will result in a warning and any subsequent violation 
violations will result in fines beginning at $75. So it seems like it's an easy way out yeah, to let's, me. Yeah, let's jot it down. What is it? It's a C. It's 1155. Uh, this is June the 27th. Mm-hmm. Uh, within five years from now, maybe we'll still be doing the show together. If not, we'll have a little reunion. Okay. Show, get back together five years from now, 2028. Right. These things will be everywhere. So is a computer going to come arrest me if I get that speeding ticket and I don't pay that bill? Well, uh, the, the government will get their money, Casey. Uh-huh. The government will get their money. They always do. A robot's on the way. Thank what a you, great Rob. show today, Casey. What a great show. Thank you, Kevin, and thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.